Thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard podcast. We are a Jesus-centered community in El Mirage, Arizona. We hope through these conversations your spirit will be stirred. For more information, you can visit our website at www.revealvineyard.com. Back in the day, McDonald's created an advertising campaign built around a single component in their iconic Big Mac sandwich. And it was their special secret sauce. It just wasn't a special sauce. It was a secret special sauce that was created in 1968 by the franchise owner. Um, So secretive uh, that originally employees signed a non-disclosure agreement. Now, the, the secret sauce has been tweaked over the years, but in 2004, McDonald's wanted to go back to the original secret sauce. The problem was it was such a secret, no one knew the recipe. True story. No one knew the recipe for the original secret sauce. They had to go back through archives in order to actually find the secret sauce. The secret ingredients for KFC's original recipe originally was only in the colonel's head. He then wrote it down, and that original recipe on a piece of paper is now in a safe in Kentucky. For better protection, KFC has two companies mix their herbs and spices separately to protect their secret recipe, right? If you work there, only a few people know the recipe, and again, you have to sign a non-disclosure form, and if you reveal it, they knock you off. It's that serious of a problem, right? (laughs) I'm guessing that some of you here have a secret, anyone have a secret family recipe that's been passed down through generations? Come on, raise your hand. Anybody? Yeah? You have one? Can you tell us what it is? Would you tell Jesus what it is? Because Jesus wants to. Some of you, I know what your secret sauce is. It's just like a bottle of Jack. That's your secret sauce. I know you. Some of you, I know you. Secret sauce, it's what takes the ordinary and elevates it to lip-smacking delicious, right? It's the secret sauce. So today we start a new series today called Missing Peace, Stillness, Tranquility, Serenity. A couple of years ago there was an article titled uh, Top 10 Things People Want in Life But Cannot Seem to Get. On uh, the, the very top, one of the top items on the list was this idea of peace. We long for peace, uh, desperately, peace from chaos and from noise and chatter and peace from the pressure and peace from responsibility and peace from the pain pounding inside our own heads, peace from the pressure to be better and stronger and richer and smarter and prettier and thinner and better parents and you fill in the blank, whatever that is for you. Well, here's my good news for you today. Today, I will give you the secret sauce that will give you the peace that you have been craving. Because the secret sauce is what takes the ordinary and elevates it up a notch. Even our three-time chili winner, Kevin Kaw, has a secret sauce. I asked him, what is your sauce? He said he boils a huge vat of chili, gets it as hot as he can, and then he profusely sweats in it. That's his secret sauce. And you voted for him three years running, right? How's that feel? Right? Chili number eight. So I'm going to give you the secret sauce. Now, whether or not you're willing to incorporate the secret sauce into the recipe of your life, that's up to you. But I'm going to give you the three ingredients that allow us to have peace in our lives and sustaining peace. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, 
Uh, We want you to lead us and to speak to us. Uh, We want you to speak into our lives tonight, today. We want you to be present here among us. And so as we're talking about this idea of peace and something that we wrestle with, would you make your peace known to us? Would you speak into our situations that are causing us stress? Would you speak into our circumstances? And would you bring the peace that we crave? We invite you. Be upon us. Be with us even through our giving now. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 2, 14, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. It is everywhere this time of year, except in me. And for some of you, except in you. Because life is already moving at a breakneck speed and then we slide into the holidays and the holidays just mean that everything ramps up even just a little bit more. Anyone still trying to figure out how to find the time to decorate your home? Anybody? Or is it just me? Yeah, we tried it yesterday. It didn't work, right? Anybody already done with their Christmas shopping? Really? Get out. You're not walking. Hey. <laughs> All of the stuff that ramps up and all of the holiday parties and the traffic jams and the children's choirs playing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeers on those demonic recorders that the schools give out, right? I can't stand any more of that. And this is what Christmas is. It's, it's so fast-paced. There's so much going on. This is the time of year that many of us find ourselves craving a remedy to the sickness that we brought upon ourselves. So here's what I've discovered about myself, and I think for the rest of humanity. We crave peace, but we are also wired for more. And we're wired to get more, to do more, to be more, and in pursuing more, we place ourselves in a lifestyle that is moving the opposite direction of peace. And perhaps this is why uh, in South Korea right now there is uh, this new movement to where South Koreans are checking themselves into faux prisons to escape from the prison of life. I don't know if you read it, it was in the paper last week. And so South Koreans are, because of how crazy their schedules are, they are checking themselves into a prison where you get a blue jumpsuit, a 50 square foot cell, uh, you sleep on a mat on the floor, you're given basic food like steamed sweet potatoes, no phone, no cell service, no internet, no communicating with the other inmates, and they are packing the place out. Some of you are thinking, that sounds perfect right now. I need to check myself into prison, right? It's, it's kind of where our culture is going right now. Perhaps this is why the angelic declaration 2,000 years ago still matters to us today. Maybe this is one reason why the Christmas story still resonates within us. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Doesn't peace sound good to you right now? Regardless of where your life is, there is something in your life where you you need peace to cover you. Peace on earth. Peace on your circumstances. Peace on your finances. Peace on your relationships. Another piece of pie. Different spelling, but also very important, right? This time of year. All of that peace, it's all good for you. Well, it's not good for you, but it just makes you feel good. So let's just, for a moment, let's just sit in silence again.
I want you to just invite the Holy Spirit to step into your space and take a moment to be in silence with yourself and with your God. Studies are showing that silence is more important to your brain function than you may have realized. That constant noise has shown a pronounced physical effect on the human brain. Matter of fact, a professor at Cornell University notes that children who are exposed to noise develop a stress response that causes them to ignore the noise. What is of interest is that these children not only ignore harmful stimuli, they also ignore stimuli that they should be paying attention to, such as speech. Science is proving what parents have already known, that our children are literally tuning us out, right? That's literally what is happening, that there's so much noise around them that they developed a way to tune out the noise, and now they're tuning out the things that they should be hearing as well. While noise may cause stress and tension, silence, study shows, releases tension in the brain and the body. A study published in the journal Heart discovered that two minutes of silence can prove to be even more relaxing than listening to relaxing music. Findings based on changes they noticed in blood pressure and in blood circulation in the brain. So maybe you're here saying, well, silence must be one of the ingredients in the secret sauce. No. It's actually not. Because the problem is that silence is fragile. And silence is so easily shattered. You know, even during our time of silence, somebody's sniffing, the speakers are, are, are worrying, your cell phone's going off, right? Silence is, is easily broken because it, because it is so brittle. And I think often we equate silence with the absence of something. We, uh, or we equate peace with the absence of something. So peace is the absence of noise. Or we think that uh, peace is the absence of turmoil or the absence of tension. Peace is the absence of negative circumstances or stress. But if our hope for peace, pay attention to this, if our hope for peace rests in the absence of these things, we will be left frustrated. Because here's something I've discovered about life. There is always some level of disappointment in life, even when circumstances are at their best. Meaning your marriage is good, but your spouse forgot your anniversary and your birthday and probably Christmas. Right? You like your job, but your raise was less than expected. Or you had a great vacation, but it was too short. Or you have great friends, but no one invited you to the neighborhood barbecue. Which is our story. We, we had a, a home where... Uh, a neighbor three homes down for us had these massive summer pool parties where the neighborhood would be invited, about five homes in every direction, except the Kaisers, every summer. We'd literally look out the window and people would be walking down with their pool toys around their waist, carrying casseroles, boom boxes. I'm not exaggerating. Everyone's laughing and having a good time. And my wife and I are every year, we're, we're looking out the window. Finally, I asked her, I said, what did you do to cause these people to hate us? 
Because I'm thinking, I know it's not me. So you had to do something, right? That there's always some level of disappointment in life, even in the best of circumstances. But here's the other thing I found out. Circumstances are rarely at their best. Meaning there's always some level of disappointment, of discomfort. Friends let you down. Your boss is never satisfied. Finances are stressed. You're butting heads with your spouse. Everywhere we look, there is a gap between what we desire and what actually is. But here's my last observation, is there's always some level of disappointment. Circumstances are rarely at their best. And sometimes life is blatantly unfair. It's not just that things aren't going your way. It's that the deck is stacked against you. It doesn't matter how hard you try, something is coming against you. And so if, if our idea, if our belief is that peace is tied to the absence of things we don't like, if peace is tied to the absence of droning noise or the absence of negative comments, we'll never have sustained peace because those things will always be around on some level. In some part of life, attention-free life is found nowhere in human history. Matter of fact, attention-free life is found nowhere in Scripture. We just don't see it. And so how do we step into peace? How do we experience peace when life is what it is? There's always some level of, of discomfort. Circumstances are rarely at their best, and sometimes life is blatantly unfair. How do we find peace? So here's the first ingredient to the secret sauce. I think peace is presence, meaning peace is not the absence of, peace is the presence of. Now catch where we're going on this. Peace is not the absence of blank, whatever your blank is, but the presence of someone greater than the blank. So I'll give you some examples. Peace is not the absence of, go to that next slide there, with the fill in the blanks. Peace is not the absence of financial struggle, but the presence of someone greater than the struggle. Do you understand? Peace is not the absence of, it is the presence of. Go to the next one. Peace is not the absence of relational strife, but the presence of someone greater than the strife. Peace is not the absence of sickness, but the presence of someone greater than the sickness. Peace is not the absence of chaos, but the presence of someone who is greater than the chaos. Peace is not uh, uh, in the absence of sound. It's not the absence of stress or the absence of people that I don't like. It's not the absence of negative circumstances. Peace is in the presence of someone who is greater than those circumstances. And so peace is presence. It's the presence of God in us. It's the presence of Jesus around us. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit washing over us that allows us to process and respond to life circumstances in a way that we would normally have been pushed off the edge. Because peace is presence. It is the presence of God that transcends my environment because peace is not a what, peace is a who. Listen to Ephesians 2. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Listen, for he himself is our peace. He is the difference maker. He is the peacemaker. He is the peace sustainer. Peace is presence. It's not the absence of, it is the presence of God in your circumstances. This is why the proclamation was given. 
at the birth of Christ. This is why an angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with uh, the angels uh, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Jesus, the presence, is peace. Just hours before his arrest and crucifixion, Jesus was worried about the peace and the stress uh, of his disciples. And so he spoke this to them in the upper room discourse. He said this, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Jesus is peace. Presence of Jesus is our peace. It's not the absence of the people that drive you crazy. It is the presence of Jesus in the midst of the people that drive you crazy. That is the first ingredient to the secret sauce of peace. Let me give you another one. Peace is purposeful, meaning peace is found in your purpose. That article I mentioned earlier, uh, the 10 things people want in life but can't seem to get, the biggest challenge they listed to finding and sustaining peace was not knowing your purpose in life. This was not a Christian article either. Not knowing your purpose in life. I think when you're in touch with your purpose, you are able to weather the storms of life and the unfavorable circumstances better than if you are purposeless. If that's even a word, maybe it is, I don't know. In other words, I handle the stress of a pastor better when my purpose is clear in front of me. I handled the pressure and handle the pressure of being a parent better when my purpose is in front of me. See, as, as a parent, uh, uh, there's a duality in it. Parenting is both life-giving and life-sucking at the same time, right? If you don't have children, you're going to find out really soon one day, right? These little humans can overwhelm us with joy and frustration at the exact same time. That's just what parenting is, right? It's a beautiful mess of sorts. But when, when we lose our purpose, these little pooping machines can beat us, right? But when our purpose is clear, when we understand that we have been gifted these little humans to love and to nurture and to raise to be God-seeking, life-contributing beings, it doesn't mean that all of parenting is easier, but it means that we're able to cope with the chaos better because our purpose is in front of us. If you know your purpose at your work, you will roll with the punches better than if you have no purpose at all. If you don't know your purpose, where you're at, then you are probably in a continual state of frustration because you don't know your purpose. If you don't know your purpose in life, then everything that comes at you will push you over the edge. When my purpose becomes hazy or clouded or when it's hijacked, I'm I'm, I'm scooting to the edge because the circumstances and the pressure of life overwhelm. But peace is not just presence, right? The presence of peace is also in the purpose of our lives. We, we see this uh, with, with Jesus, uh, understanding his purpose 
strengthened him to endure the cross in, in sorts. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.15 that here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance that Christ Jesus, here's part of his purpose, came into the world to save sinners. How did his purpose strengthen him? Look at Hebrews 12. Where the author says, let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. That's part of our purpose. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. Now we're going to wrap all this into his purpose, right? Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross and he disregarded the shame of the cross and is now seated in the place of honor beside the throne, besides God's throne. Reconciling creation back to the creator was part of his purpose. And knowing his purpose allowed him to see the joy that was coming because of his purpose. The joy awaiting him, or other translation says the joy that was set before him. The joy of putting love on display was his purpose. The joy of showing the world the character of God and what God is like was his purpose. The joy of breaking the curse over humanity. The joy of defeating sin and the joy of overcoming death and the joy of being seated at the right hand of God and the joy of redeeming humanity and the joy of spending eternity with you. His purpose, clear before him, allowed him to enter into the suffering of the cross even with joy and a measure of peace that does not come if we do not know our purpose. And so placed in the balance of consideration and weighed against the upper... uh, epic suffering of our Lord and what he passed through joy, peace, we could say, prevailed. The cloud wasn't lifted. The circumstances didn't change. He was still struggling with it in the garden, but he was able to, uh, to uh, walk through these things because his purpose was clear. So secret sauce ingredients, presence of God is your first ingredient. The purpose of God in your life is your second ingredient. And then third, peace is a promise. Before I get to promise, let me just ask you, what, what is your purpose? Do you know what your purpose is? What is your purpose in life? Why draw the next breath? What is your purpose in your family? Parents, what is your purpose? What is your purpose at your job? What is your purpose in your relationships? If you know your purpose, you will be more peaceful. But if you know your purpose, you also know that whatever your purpose is, it will never come easy. There will always be struggle. There will always be a fight. There will always be dark days of calamity. Maybe you don't know your purpose. Well, I have good news for you. In February, we have a series coming up called What on Earth Am I Here For? Where we will be exploring your purpose. Right? You're going to be hearing a lot more about it. We're going to have banners going out, invitation material, all that kind of stuff. But to try to discover what your purpose is. When you know your purpose... Um, life comes into focus, ministry comes into focus, job comes into focus, relationships come into focus. It's part of the secret sauce. All right, third, peace is a promise. This is the very character of God, this promise given to us. The promise to be with us in the confusion, the promise to be present in our chaos, the promise to sustain us in our storm. Listen to Isaiah 54. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed. Anyone have any mountain shaking in their life right now? 
Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. A covenant of peace. It's not a contract of peace. A contract of peace depends on both people doing what is agreed upon. If you sell your house and enter into a contract, if your buyer backs out of uh, the deal, the contract is broken. It requires both people to uphold their end of the contract. God did not enter into a contract with us. He entered into a covenant with us. Literally meaning that God is upholding both sides of this. That God has taken an oath upon his own name. In other words, he's saying, I am entering into a relationship with you that you can't mess up. I am a covenant-keeping God. I am keeping my oath to you, even if you don't keep yours to mine. That's amazing. And this covenant-keeping God says that my love will be unfailing for you, and my covenant of peace will not be removed. Listen. When the chaos of life circles your camp, can we just hit the reset button for a moment? I don't know where life is for you right now, but I'm guessing there is a segment of life where it's just a little overwhelming. And can we just take a step back for a moment and stop? And can we just think through the lens of what we just discussed? Can you invite the presence of God into that space? Maybe it's, it's the tension of, of, a, of, an, of an adult child that's causing tension. Can you invite God into that space with you right now? Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in your marriage. And you are in turmoil. Can you invite the Holy Spirit of God into that space? Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your job. Maybe it's in someone who is, who is rubbing against you the wrong way. Can you invite the Holy Spirit into that space? And can you ask the spirits of God's presence to begin to bring you the peace that you need? Can you invite God into that moment? Can, can you ask God to come and reveal to you what your purpose is? what your purpose is at work, what your purpose is in your marriage, in your family, drawing the next breath, what your purpose is in this church, what your purpose is with this relationship that's going, uh, uh, that's going south. What is your purpose? And can you invite the Spirit of God and, and, and grasp onto the peace that God has promised His children as a covenant-keeping God? Listen to this. Let me have Morgan come up. Listen to Psalm 2911. The Lord gives strength to his people, and the Lord blesses his people with peace. Do you need peace today? It's not going to be found in the absence of those things. It's not going to be found in the absence of circumstances, because you will get over one circumstance, and there will be another waiting for you. Peace is found in the presence of God in those circumstances. Peace is found in the purpose of God, the purpose that God has for you in those circumstances. Peace is found in the promise of God to be with those he loves even when circumstances are not favorable. And so we're going to take a moment of silence. 
We can bring the lights down there, Alicia, please. I'm going to take a moment of silence, and I'm going to encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit into your space. And be specific. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is uh, that, that you are up against, um, and invite the Holy Spirit into that space right now. And I thought there's no better way to um, there's no better way to close out our service than to participate and celebrate the elements of communion of our covenant keeping God. And so when Morgan begins to play, whenever you're ready and take your time, the elements are here on the front where we'll celebrate His body which is broken for us, His blood which was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And you can take some of the wafers and dip it. Don't drink it. Dip it into the uh, juice. And participate in communion is a time of remembering uh, the presence of Jesus coming among us. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. And would you step into our situations right now? Would you step into this moment with each one of us, whatever that looks like, whatever it is that we're struggling with, and would the presence of Jesus be our peace right now? I encourage you to listen to the voice of God. He will speak to you. He'll reveal himself to you. Would your presence be our peace? Would you show us our purpose very clearly? And for someone, you, I believe God's going to clearly reveal a purpose in a situation that you find yourself in. Would you reveal our purpose? And would we take hold of the promise of peace that you offer to those you love? Just take a moment of silence. Church, would you just pray with me? I bless you this Christmas season to experience the presence of Jesus. I bless you this Christmas season to have the understanding that peace is not in the absence of, but it is because of the presence of Jesus. And that you would experience that in a more deep and full way this Christmas season. And I bless you that you would discover your purpose. Your purpose for drawing another breath. Your purpose 
in your marriage, in your relationships, at your job, your purpose. And I bless you to step into the promise of peace that the Father wants to give as a covering to those who call upon Him. I bless you to experience the gift of Christmas. Peace on earth. Peace upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Reveal, thank you for being here today. Experience the peace of God this Christmas season. We're going to continue checking out this idea of peace. It's a good service. Invite some friends and family to next week. Uh, If I've never met you, I'd love to meet you. God bless you. Greet someone before you go. Wish them a Merry Christmas. Would you do that for me? Blessings to you. Fun it is too